In the spring of 1947, when Palestine was on the edge of war, three boys stopped at a nearby watering hole to the Dead Sea. One of the boys wandered off. Bored, he began throwing rocks into caves. Hearing a crash of pottery, he thought it was treasure. He ran down to tell his friends, and upon investigating, no treasure was to be found, but a simple collection of clay pots with scrolls in one of them, perhaps the most famous 20th century discovery ever made, the Dead Sea Scrolls. You're listening to Casual History. are back for another episode of That's casual right. history another crazy week another crazy week um i'm bringing in the subject today yes yes kind of felt a little bit like i had to dig dig up quite a bit in a short amount of time but it was about something i was really interested in to begin with right and i found um i came across a couple of documentaries a couple of podcasts a couple of books and i just tried to digest all i could Dang. to try to regurgitate (laughs) (laughs) all the information Um, all the information but from that lead in you obviously know now what um that's right we're going to be discussing what i'm going to be trying to go over and up front i don't know a lot about this okay i know you know i always like to start off that way because show makes it easier yeah it makes it easier for everybody that just like you know where i stand right off the bat like i've heard of the dead sea scrolls i I really don't know much about them now that like it's been brought up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, hopefully I'm I can to help. learn. <laughs> hopefully I can help. Again, um, I'm no scholar in this subject, and it has a lot to do with uh, bib- biblical texts and Jew- Jew- uh, Jewish people, right? Um, and their religion and kind of the sex of uh, different types of Judaism. Judaism. Son of a gun. Judaism. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Sorry. No, you're good. Again, I'm starting <laughs> off dropping the ball. No, you're um, okay, man. You're all right. But so first off, um, there's a few different variations of how they were um, ran across. The scrolls were found. Um, okay. I've come across a few, but the main version being it was a couple of uh, boys that were that found it. Right. There was another story of two farmers who lost sheep, um, and one of them before they went into the cave to make sure it was safe to see if the, their sheep got lost um, or um, they threw rocks in there and then heard clay pottery crashing. So I've heard two different stories, but the main one I heard a lot of was the boys. Um, I can't even imagine. Near the Dead Sea. I can't imagine. Like you, I hear stories all the time about like even just like kids finding like dinosaur bones in their backyard. Like this yeah. is like imagine just throwing a rock yeah. into a cave once and, and then like discovering something that scientists have been searching for for well, we didn't know it was there. So the Dead Sea um, uh, flows in from a river, um, and it has nowhere to go. So it's just eaten up by the sun, and mm-hmm. it leaves um, just all these minerals and an excess of salt. Yes. Um, and supposedly, just a fun fact, <laughs> two gulps or a few gulps from a human would kill a human in about two hours. Because salt is technically def- is poison. Yeah. In large doses, salt is definitely poison. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But also, you could float. So you could either die or float. <laughs> yeah. People go there to float. Yeah. Um, and then people who are interested in... So these caves um, are on the northwest side of uh, 
the Dead Sea. Okay. Um, that's why it's called the Dead Sea Scrolls, where they get the name. Right. Um, also, I've heard like rumors of the Dead Sea. Uh, a lot of people believe it's like mud has like a lot of healing properties. Hmm. So there's a lot All of stuff around there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff about that in general. Yeah. Well, um, to start, so that from the intro, you kind of have the the beginning, the mystery. Right. It's kind of an Indiana Jones uh, God, tale. God, my dream to be Indiana you know? Jones. It's kind of an Indiana Jones tale. Yeah. Um, which is not, which, again, brings me more interest. Who did this kid grow up to be? That's what I need to know. <laughs> okay, so here's the <laughs> did thing. Did he get a bull whip? No, so they ended up selling them. Um, they didn't know what it was. Oh. So just, oh. here we go. Um, I'll just kind of give you a little bit more. We'll go from there. Um, yeah. In 1947, um, the dark shadows of war fell upon the Middle East, uh, which lasted about two years, known as the Israel-Palestine uh, War. Mm-hmm. And during this time after um, the scrolls were found, the whereabouts um, were re- didn't know where they were. Right, they were lost. Um, but So the initial story goes, they find the scrolls. They take him to a nearby town. I believe it was Bethlehem or it was um, Jerusalem. One of the nearby towns, right? They, and they um, brought it to someone. They thought they could sell it. Um, they didn't sell it immediately either because they didn't know what they were. Sure. Um, but they but kind even of, the buyer know what it was? So here's the, the thing. They sold it to, um, here we go. They're bought from a traveling... Oh, no, that was when it came back around. So they initially were sold for about $250 in today's currency is what they sold them for. I mean a steel is what you're saying. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, a steel. Um, to a archaeologist or a local archaeologist that was in the town, right? Interesting. Or uh, some priest, actually. Sorry, he was a priest uh, of the local town. That he, but they didn't know what, what, again, they didn't know how valuable, what really, how old it was. At this time, carbon dating didn't start until 1950. Okay. And so... Um, so it was hard to determine... How old these things really right. were. Right. Well, even at the time, it was it would have been damaging. It would have thought to be um, um, too damaging to do because it was still in the early period it? of time. No carbon dating. Oh, carbon dating. They yes, did, yes. At the time, anyway. Um, so, um, but, so here's a little just kind of uh, preface here. So during that two years, it was kind of not really known after it kind of was discovered in 1947. Um, unbeknownst to the rest of the world, following the discovery, right, the three boys sold them to a Syrian priest in Jerusalem for about $250. Mm. Um, those who read the scrolls at the time were the first to do so in over 2,000 years, and they didn't know it. Oh, my God. Um, were they able to read it? So it That's- was, there were scrolls that were in Hebrew, Greek, um, Archimaic, um, a, a variety of languages were in here, and it was wow. thought to be a library. Um, but here we go. Right. So, wait, um, wait, wait. Okay. Sorry, I don't mean We're to gonna, keep stopping you. You're going to jump ahead here, but yes. Okay, okay. I know your questions probably. <laughs> you immediately, like, so that's what the Dead Sea Scrolls are, right? Are they scrolls from Alexandria's library? No. 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 Okay, so I'm thinking of a completely different thing. No, you probably. I'm thinking of another episode of Casual History. <laughs> probably. Yes. <laughs> keep going. Um, so during this time, right, so they sold them to this um, Jerusalem priest, um, for about $250, and then the war happened, the two-year war, Israel and Palestine war, um, and during this time, kind of didn't know where, where they ended up, right? Okay. So in 1950, when relative stability started to happen after the war, um, the, the whereabouts still remained largely hidden, and it wasn't until 1954 when an anonymous ad was placed in the Wall Street Journal Kidding. resurfaced the scrolls. They have been smuggled into America and put up for sale. What? Yeah. 
But the, I just I'm imagining like uh, someone reading that in their morning paper. Yeah. Like, hey, would you like to buy this like ancient <laughs> scroll, <laughs> priceless scrolls? scrolls? Um, and at this time, so th- when they were bought by a traveling Israeli archaeologist, y- Yigal Yaden, on behalf of his country, it was an astounding two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay, which is in nineteen fifty four. Oh yeah, like that's Japan, big money. That's big, big money. money. So selling it for two fifty, um, two hundred and fifty dollars, and getting two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. The transaction between that period of time, I think, is relatively unknown. I think there's a few um, tracings of kind of where it ended Swapped up. And hands. How, yeah, where it got, um, where it ended up. Right. But that's kind of where um, it was left off. Okay. Right? Um, and then as news came out, as the old that this was the oldest copies of the Hebrew Bible ever found, noting only 13 or so minor variations from the 10th century Aleppo, Aleppo Codex, the race was on for archaeologists to find more out in the desert in those caves. So this okay. kind of yeah, sparked so, open this so whole please, can of worms. Please break it down for me. You're yeah. telling me that what the Dead Sea Scrolls are technically are versions of the Hebrew Bible yes. in different languages? Yes. Yeah, so there's three different, you can kind of categorize the entire library or scrolls in kind of three different categories, which I'll get into. Okay. But yes, so rough. there's original texts of Genesis and... Um, where, which has there's like minor variations basically of um, what we know, but it's so accurate to what we have now. Really, that it, and it's known as the one of the old, of course, the oldest. Um, That's representatives crazy. of it, which is wild. You know right? how telephone works, man. You know, like you expect. That's the thought. I just personally expect, like in history, when there's long periods of time, that things details get washed. You know. Water down enough yeah. where someone has to fill in the blanks and then they change it. Yeah. So the fact that they're so close is very interesting. Yeah. So only 13 or so minor variants um, when it was uh, about the Hebrew Bible, um, which is kind of crazy. Um, crazy. So s- from then on, um, over 11 caves have been found containing scrolls. Um, five were natural, six were man made that were carved out of soft rock. Okay. So just like random, like split up caves, not all in one spot. No, it is all in one area. Okay. It's in one area, so they are connected. Interesting. And they're, they're, um, but it's all in one little area. Okay. Um, but yeah, six were man-made, six were um, five were natural that we found so far, um, and all had remained untouched since the beginning. So whoever deposited no looting, it, nothing, nothing to these caves that we found initially. Wow. Um, the eleven. Um, they were hidden really good then for two thousand years. <laughs> Yeah. And so there's, a, of course, there's speculation, right? Um, and this contained roughly 8,000 pieces of manuscripts and scrolls. Wow. Yeah. Um, a lot. Just in clay pots. <laughs> yeah. Clay pots. Dang. Um, and so the, a funny variation, I guess, of the clay pots were um, they, were, they weren't corked. They had um, like an unnatural uh, kind of lid. Okay. Um, which was just a funny thing I read. That, just that was one of my, my first questions, too. Again, just um, how do they survive that long in open air? You know what I mean? Like things they were weather by air. Up, um, but some of, some of the scrolls were so well kept and so well preserved. I wonder if it's the area. You could, um, well, it's also in a cave. I'm sure it's probably away from, uh, you know, weathering right. or anything that would affect it really like outside sunlight. of just air. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, which was smart in the first place to put him there, I guess. 
I get right. Two thousand right. years. Yeah, I, I would <laughs> guess so. Years, did a pretty good job. Um, but the scrolls were written in a range of languages. So I know we mentioned already: Aramaic, Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. Okay. Um, and the various language languages that were spoken in the region two thousand years ago. This was kind of the range of languages. Mm. Um, and it contained a huge wealth of writings, including alternate versions of biblical texts. So not just ones that were closely resembled. Um, oh, wow. Please tell me there's like full translations out there somewhere. Yes. So you can get online, um, which I had a note in here too, uh, about that you can get online and look at um, basically, de- yeah, you can look I'll at I'll definitely be posting that. And kind this. of translations. And uh, it's like a public knowledge now, which I think it was in 1996 when it became kind of like online where everyone can, wow. everyone can look and search. Right. Um, look at them and read them and people piece them together um but so like we already talked about um along with completely original works that were never before seen so this wasn't just biblical like there was oh there was more separate works that were just original like they were just different things that people never read before right they weren't like uh this wasn't strictly biblical were okay so they weren't biblical in nature they were just literal like so we believe that the people who put them there Mm -hmm. which i'll get into were uh a uh, certain sect, S-E-C-T yes. of, yeah, I just want to... No, yes. Of I, yeah. um, Christianity and, um, uh, well, at the time, Ju- really just Judea- Ju- Judaism. Say the word. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. God, my, <laughs> I got you, man. Tongue, that's why I'm why here. Why can I not say that right now? I, it's I'm, okay. I can say that outside of the podcast. <laughs> why am I feeling so it's okay. funny? Anyway. That's so why I'm, I'm here, gonna, man. I'm going to point to you every okay. time I need to say Judaism. that word. Judaism. You got it. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. So it was a sect of that at the time. Okay. Um, and we'll, we'll, I'll dive into that here in a second because um, that's where it gets interesting. Okay. Even though this is already, we're already kind of peeling back layers here, right? We're getting more and more um, into it. Yeah. So, But the so, fact that you've even just, again, like I didn't even know what the Dead Sea Scrolls were. I just know the name. Uh, I didn't I didn't really have any context to it. So even, even that is fascinating now that realizing that it is... Uh, versions of the Bible mm-hmm. uh, in different languages, obviously meant to spread it, yeah. Eventually, and uh, to pass it down in right. some way, it was well, meant to be found one day, right? You th- we think we know that no one came back for it, um, and sure. we we have a hypothesis a hypothesis why, yeah. Um, uh, but so again, it was it's hi- hypothesized to be a library, which we've already kind of, you can kind of sure gather that that it was kind of an old library just spread out library right? um and the scrolls were a glimpse into the long lost world of the religious sect um the same time that jesus walked the earth so this was during Holy that time crap. so this was in the same period where it was um as much as i think bef- like 300 bc to 100 ad so it was during the t- like an important piece Holy of smokes. history right this is where that text is coming if from. you're gonna read anything Bible, biblical related. Yeah. And it was Old Testament stuff, right? Right. Interesting. Um, And again, so this is where it gets kind of interesting. So Jesus... Which makes it even more fascinating that they are so close to modern. Would Jerusalem... I'm going to... I hope I don't mess this up. I should probably just Google it before I say it. But I believe it's only like a day and a half walk from where this was, this little um, commune was. Uh, It is a commune. We find it funny. Or like a little organization that happened out here so it could even be that jesus took some of this teachings of the old testament in the library 
in his own philosophy and um, made it kind of universal. So it's really, really interesting. There's Wait, a lot what? of hypothesis here. I'm, there's so many books being made out of it. Um, there's some, uh, I think, scrolls in here that represent... Um, um, so like hold like up, for, hold up, for hold instance up, okay sorry you're <laughs> telling yeah so you're t- <laughs> sorry i'm sorry i probably do this every single it's pod okay but i mean it kind of mumbling right now so but I'm you're telling get... me that uh these were written before so yeah or during the time so much that jesus could have walked in and read these things and been like oh i like this yes because the, the category, the time. But wait a minute, period, that doesn't make any sense, right? The t- this is Old Testament stuff. This isn't New Testament. We're not talking oh. since Jesus on. We're talking, you know, the Old Testament Bible, right. of Noah, and those kind of stories. Wow. Um, and again, so here, so the scrolls can broadly be categorized into three sections. Okay. One being the Old Testament text, which closely represents the way we know it today. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first scrolls discovered is known as the Genesis Apocryphon. Um, known as the alternative version of the book of Genesis. Ooh. Um, written, God, I'm going to have to read these. Yeah, it's interesting. Written in Aramaic, which contains a long-lost conversation between Noah and his father, which he's never mentioned in the Bible. His but, father. Yeah, Noah and his father. There's a long-lost conversation in this scroll of Noah and his father really? about the Old Testament. Interesting. Um, yeah, how wild. It's crazy. It blew my mind. This um, is this is pretty mind blowing. It's d- one of the biggest discoveries. I of didn't course, realize the time frame. I I really thought it was uh, uh, not. It wouldn't be like in Jesus's time. The fact that you know, technically, yeah. due to carbon dating and what we know, yeah, it could be in the same time frame as Jesus is so insane. There, there was three different methods of dating. Um, one was before the carbon dating, like I mentioned, was just oh, right. through the written. Right, they could. Um, analyze the writing mm-hmm. and kind of place it in time, and it placed it in this certain period of time. What about and then the paper? we did carbon dating on it after, like in the 1950s, okay. right? And it was confirmed in the same time. Oh wow! So it was with within this range of like he was living. The figure Jesus Christ was living during this time that these texts were put in those vases, and put in the at yeah, least. put in the caves. Yeah. Wow. Mind blowing. Right? Jesus so, puts this library out there. <laughs> so the second being the literary heritage. Um, in everyday life of the period, so many being in Greek and Latin. And then perhaps, perhaps the most controversial of the groups, the third being the sectarian scrolls. Okay. So, so this is to their the, the people yes. that we believe their uh-huh. core part of Christianity. Well, no, this was so this was Judea, uh, say it Judaism. Or, yes, this yes. was this was not even Christianity, right? Oh, right. Because you know, okay. Jesus but this happened. is the <laughs> this is the sect we were talking about that yes. is believed to be responsible for these Wh- things, which is. Yes, and they're kind of an an ed, like on the fringe group, right? Um, and they were living on the edge of Jerusalem, um, kind of on the outskirts. Okay. Okay. Um, so this describes this third um, section that we kind of categorize describes the life and teaching teachings of the people who made their writings. A secretive and apocalyptic group who refer to themselves. Apocalyptic. Well, okay, they're out in the <laughs> desert living some kind of communal lifestyle. Right. But they refer to themselves as the sons of light. Ooh. Ominous. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Very ominous. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I already mentioned this, but radio they believed dating be. had just been introduced in the 1950s and was deemed too damaging, right? And we talked about that. Mm-hmm. But um, it all confirmed. All these methods did date uh, the text roughly to the same 300-year period from the 3rd century B.C. up to the 1st century A.D., Wild. a monumental piece of time. Um, so scholarly consens- 
consensus varies, of course. Of course. Um, With everything. But they all do agree, backed on evidence, the scrolls were hidden away during the first Jewish revolt of Rome um, oh. from 60, 66 to 70 AD, um, which is how long this conflict lasted. That's when we believe these scrolls were put in these caves and... Uh, because it got so bad, basically people died. Like they never came back for the scrolls. Oh, uh, and wow! Like, yeah, a lot of um, crazy things happened. Oh, but hid them away enough to protect them right. for a reason. Yeah, they for a believe. Reason, yeah. They believe. Obviously, somebody believed enough of those things. Uh, it's knowledge, man. They were yeah. like writing. They supposedly it was this little commune. I say this little commune. This these um, this group, group of, people. of people were always writing. They were like. There's another. So there's a so big obviously piece by here their I'm name missing. too. I want to get into, but we'll get into. Okay, but but obviously their name suggests too that they felt like they were very enlightened mm-hmm. people. Yep. Like that was their goal. Yes. And so this, so the most important thing to them was passing down the right. knowledge that they believe they had that other people didn't. And no one came back for it. So no one yeah. came back. No for one the knew where to find them at except least, except for the people who put them there who couldn't. Something happened, right? Something happened. They believe okay. that they died. That, you know, during the revolt and there was war and stuff, they, they couldn't come back for him. Right. Um, but the writings of the Sons of Light, of course, sparked so many books on who they were and what they mean for Christianity in general. Mm-hmm. According to the scrolls, right, the Son of Light, Sons of Light had given up the earthly possessions to live in the desert as a communal life. Um, they attempted to gain wisdom and salvation by communicating with angels. A belief largely rejected by the mainstream, say it for me. Judaism. At the time. (laughs) (laughs) I love this game. Unlike the early Christians, um, they turned their backs on the meek and weak. For example, rejecting the blind on the grounds that they could not see impurity and rejecting the deaf because they couldn't hear the Gospels. Wow. Yeah. Kind of... uh, The opposite of Jesus' teaching. Yeah, kind of... Yeah, this is, again, it's like um, just a group at the time, right? Um, and they're like exclusive, really, and known to basically be all males and Jewish. Um, okay, I say all known to be because I think there were. Um, I think they found over eleven, uh, eleven hundred graves in this area. Okay, and they um, were all male. N- majority, majority, there was women, but they believe that now. So it was initially thought to all be a men, man, Jewish um, group. Right, but. They Time believe period. that it was only the high priests in this group that were celibate. And so that was part of the reason why they thought oh. they were all men, um, thought they were celibate. And, uh, but it was kind of... So they believe they talked to angels. Been muddy. Yes. Psychedelics? Mm. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're out in the sun. <laughs> so they, so they, they talked to angels, yeah. right? And they believe that they're enlightened. Yes. And um, they believe that they need to pass down whatever they put in these little pots. Mm-hmm. And hidden away in there. They believed it was important it enough felt, to hide It was valuable. Away. Yeah. It was valuable to them. It was knowledge. Especially when they were getting persecuted uh, Jewish people. Like, yeah. It was ha- like uh, like when um, when they believed they hid them away, of course, was a revolt. And there was, I think what started the revolt, if my memory serves me right, there was a mass um, killing of like over a thousand Jews in times, like in the square of, by um, some king. Uh, I can't remember his name. I, I saw it in the documentary of right. kind of why they thought this was happened, and it caused such an up, you know, revolt, and things happened, and they hid away these scrolls, really, and there was, some of these scrolls looked like they were just barely finished. They looked like they were kind of... Hastily, like, uh-huh. There was, like, blisters in these uh, pots. Like, they wouldn't, like, there was, like, time to... Like, almost oh. kind of looked... Um, rushed. Uh, rushed, yeah. Yeah. And so, and it, people could have 
you know, they were giving their lives to is what it could be assumed or to hide, this. hide these and um, wow, yeah, intense. That's wild, man. Yeah. Um, but of course, like I was saying, they sparked so many books on who they were. Sure. Um, so why already, wouldn't it? I'm already interested. I'll read a couple books. Yeah. And aside from the the um, rejecting the meek, right, it was kind of part of their teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from this, they do share extreme correlation to Christianity in general, uh, which proposes that Christianity could have been an offshoot of this Sons of Light sect. Wow. Yeah. Um, and one of the most interesting um, of the scrolls uh, that was found is known as the War Scroll. Okay. which states they were waiting for a final apocalyptic war between good and evil, uh, which were known as the sons of darkness, and they were the sons of light. Um, ah, it even outlines battle plans and strategies uh, for the war. Um, it's made more interesting after a later discovery in the 1980s um, called the Temple Scroll. This had been hidden away in a shoebox until after the Six-Day War in 1967, Um, which includes detailed plans for a temple that had never been built, um, complete with regulations and sacrifice rules, um, perhaps for after this war that they're prophesizing. Wow. Yeah. Man. But, I mean, again, that's been happening through generations of time. We don't have this anymore, you know? Like, like who's, uh, okay, who's just doing this? What do you mean? Well, think about the time, right? Okay, think about now. This has been reoccurring in history this has been a reoccurring theme where uh, a group of people prophesy, even just one person, <laughs> like predicting the end of the world is a very common thing. Uh, preparing for an all out battle of good and evil, yeah. the end of life as we know it. Maybe I'm just in the wrong crowds now. I'm not hearing about any <laughs> new uh, oh, you, see, sons I'm, of light. Not <laughs> sons know, of light. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> There's no new. I don't, I'm not hearing about that. <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe not sons of light, but you yeah. do hear a lot of people like. Uh, True. There, just again, like, like in 2000, yeah. who predicted the end of the world, right? Like there's been the plenty. The Mayans, of course. And also like random uh, priests and stuff are like, oh, okay, this is the date. This is yeah. the date the world ends. True. I, right? Like I, <laughs> this has been happening from like probably the dawn of man. Listen, I'm just going to say it. When I initially went through this whole thing, like up to this point, it sounded like a cult-ish thing to me. It kind of, yeah. Right? Well, but also like... Not to Why like, did it, slander, but my initial reading was mm-hmm. or feeling was okay. Exclusive club, of, yeah. Um, <laughs> Enlightened club out in the middle of the desert. Uh-huh. Um, can't really get into it unless you do these certain extreme hard um, initiations, right? Um, and hide hiding away texts. Just a fraternity, and, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very extreme first version of the fraternity. Yeah. Um, we probably sound really ignorant on it, but no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we're learning as we're, learning. As we're going. We're learning. That's the whole point. Um, but how, yeah, just in general, that whole like, idea is wild to me that a group of people, um, the sons of light, I'm going to use that name. But, but isn't that always like, it, couldn't that be technically termed as all religion in a weird way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A group of people somewhere. who truly believe in good versus evil and like, yeah. You know what I mean? And in, in in their belief system? I yeah. Mean, I mean, technically it's not out there. Yeah. So uh, there it, are always extreme versions of everything out yeah. there. Full spectrum. Yeah. So who knows who knows on what spectrum these guys truly were on? Maybe they were leaning towards a little bit cultish. Maybe well, they were they were on the fringe. We do know that. We do know they were on the fringe of what was um normal, I normal guess, at the time. Yes. Uh for 
Um, say it for me. Judaism. Yeah. <laughs> I want to laugh every time. <laughs> so um, there's even uh, so I know we just talked about um, the the temple that was found. Sorry. Yes. I was finding the temple my place that was never the, been built. Right. It had never been built um, per, for perhaps after the war. There's also commentary on the book of uh, on the Hebrew Bible where okay. it speaks of three figures. So, again, there was commentary, right? There was, like, written commentary on these figures, right? Yes. One, the first, is the teacher of righteousness, associated with many figures such as James, the just, Jesus' brother, wow. um, and John the Baptist. This is kind of the assumptions of, like, who these were about, right? Right. The second is the wicked priest, okay? Now, here okay. we go. Either referring to the priests of the time of the mainstream uh, world that was happening, right? Right. Or according to Barbara Thering, an independent scholar that was at, in the 19th century, uh, according to her, the second is commentary on Jesus himself. What? Yeah. So they believed... What she believed. Let's be cl- clear. She believes in, in her sure. study this commentary this of this scroll that was found is Points on this. Jesus, and it's called the Wicked Priest. I don't know all the information of what it Whoa. describes in there. So they obviously wait. So it they did. obviously didn't believe. Well, again, it was during that time. It was yeah. It's a it's a it's but its own little about group. This. They 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 were witness. Uh huh. They were witness to this. Yeah. The fact that we have writings today that at the would, same timepiece, right? This is where everyone right. goes back to when you're but referencing. The fact, okay, so even if that's true, again, it's all speculation. Right, she's not a hundred percent sure. We'll never a thousand percent know for sure. No, who no. for who they were writing about. Yeah, but if that is true, to be able to say that you were alive and live commentate, like again, like commentary. for them to yeah. have an opinion, yeah. on his life yeah. while he was living. Well, th- it's insane. even known in um, a lot of these texts that one of the major differences is there wasn't a Messiah. Right, it was more about huh. the life of Jesus as a man. But it wasn't like he was divine. In their writings, he wasn't divine, right? Right. Um, and so he, he wasn't it, more than human. Yeah. And in the third uh, scroll, uh, called um, "Being the Man of the Lie," interpreted widely by different um, scholars, of course. Mm-hmm. But just wait. What? <laughs> oh, is this break time? <laughs> just Are you wait. trying to pull, pull in the me third the cave? Was a scroll completely different than the others, not written on parchment of leather. And we're there. We'll take a break. And we'll come right back. What? And we're back. <laughs> okay. Okay. Please. Please. Okay. Where do we leave off? We left off on you telling me that there was a in the third cave. There was a scroll completely different than the others, the... not written on parchment or leather. What was it written on, Jeffrey? <laughs> this one was written on copper. On copper. In on copper. Okay. <laughs> Which is quite literally. Translated to be a treasure map. It's a literal treasure map? Leading to place treasures throughout the Holy Land. And despite many attempts and excavations, no one in the 20th century that we know of has ever been able to find any of the treasures based off this map from the Copper Scroll. And we believe it was also the Copper Scroll. So here we go. I'm going to get into the Copper Scroll here. We're going to take a little section here. Okay. Because oh it's so God. interesting. <laughs> this copper scroll is so interesting. It was believed to be written in code because there's like three different forms of language all mixed in. Mixed in. So we think it's code. Like there's portions in Greek. There's Greek mm-hmm. one words. Um, is it not leading to more caves? 
for more knowledge. Yes, it is. Areas. It's leading to treasure, and also there's um, uh, mention of more scrolls or another scroll to explain what everything was in detail, like an almost an explanation. So what you're scroll. saying is we need to get Indiana Jones on this case. We need to get me on this case. I want to be Indiana Jones right now, <laughs> dude. Yeah, how is that's, that's, this is real? This is not. Yeah. this is not a story. This, this is not is a movie. Not, no, this is real findings. There is a literal treasure map to basically from people who witnessed the life of Jesus Christ to treasure and to more scrolls. That's, dude. Yeah, and you can see <laughs> when are we why, taking our vacation. You can see why when this was found. Literally, from that point to now, there's been people working on this, not sure. around the clock. How many people have died trying to find these things? I have no clue, but I'm telling you, it's been worked on around the clock from that point on. Since we found out sure. about it, it's been... Because if someone found a scroll explaining everything in detail, exactly like, of hey, the life, this is what we're doing... Yeah, of the right. time period would be monumental. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even just that scroll alone, let alone whatever is, else is marked on that map. I want to read for you um, an excerpt Please of the do. Copper Scroll. <laughs> Please do. Um, and this is called The First Cache. Um, in the ruin that is in the Valley of Acre, under the steps with the entrance at the east, a distance of 40 cubits, a strong box of silver and its vessels, 17 talents by weight. Okay. That's the first That's so a, he, a clue. So it's literally just describing... The box it's in. Uh-huh. And it says a strong box of silver and its vessels. So whatever that is. Um, and right. it tells you the weight. 17 talents by weight. Right. Why? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting I dimension. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but here's... What is, what is talents? What is talents and pounds? Yeah. I, I don't know the Oh, my God. Let me Google. <laughs> uh, while you do that, I'm going to read off another really interesting, perhaps the most interesting one. Um, the, fin- the last cache. The final treasure mentions it holds another scroll. In the dry well that is at the north of Colbert, with an opening on the north engraved by its mouth, a copy of this in- inventory list with explanations and measurements and full detail for each and every hidden item. Wow. So yeah. the ultimate prize. The ultimate prize is the third um, little excerpt. Wow. Let's go. Dude, let's go. Let's do it. Dude, the first person that's going to find it's going to be some kid. But this brings to question a lot of questions, just this copper school in general. Mm-hmm. If this group of people were the ones who made this copper school. Right. Why would they do this? Yeah, they're supposed to be, you know, of non-earthly possessions. They're out on the edge of, de- of the desert. Why are they hidden, people, hiding buried hide, treasure? Right. And um, it's it could be assumed that on their way out, so once they were kind of, ex- not exiled, but they were kind of forced out, um can't remember the struggle that happened years prior mm-hmm. for before this kind of led to the sons of light um, arising right and like happening that they could have taken gold and treasure from the treasury uh of the church that happened at the time uh, that was happening at the time so it could have been that kind of uh deal but still it just it makes uh, it brings some question marks of course of why sure. they would have this scroll and obviously it, again it's only speculation but it leans to me that it's more uh, more yeah. like informational, yeah. probably treasure than. Well, Jacob, gold, I got another who surprise knows? for you. What? This wasn't even the biggest discovery yet. We haven't even hit the biggest discovery. What is yet. the biggest discovery? It was in cave number four where the greatest mystery was found. Wait, the treasure <laughs> map is not. Listen, <laughs> if the treasure map is not the end goal, I don't know where we're yeah. going. Discovered in 1952, 
the scrolls here were found on the ground and smashed into many tiny pieces. Over the next 40 years, someone taped them together. were worked by an elite group of Catholic scholars and didn't allow for anyone else to see them, which sparked a lot of con- sure. conspiracy and controversy mm-hmm. of, of ca- Catholic cover-ups. A story was leaked, though, that talked of the Son of Light's leader being crucified. Mm. Dot, dot, dot. Mm. <laughs> Wait a second. I'm sorry. But it was. I'm sorry. But they you mean just like another person, historic. <laughs> they here's the during thing. their time period. The they think they debunked that story. Okay. But again, with all so much at stake here. Yeah. Um, to kind of write off a story that was leaked and say, oh no, it was debunked. Mm-hmm. Up for debate, I guess. Um, I'm not so going to put my foot down either way. So suggesting, yeah, it, it was eventually turned out that it was supposed to be debunked, right? That that sure. that leaked story was supposed to be debunked. Okay, but you're not gonna know, really. You're no. not gonna know. It was so coveted and so well guarded. Um, but finally, in the 1980s, pieces were given to a trusted scholar, um, of like index cards, right, of photos, okay. um, where he, he and his students used a computer program to put the pieces back together. Right. Um, which ha- has an error, but it was said to have uh, a 90% accuracy rate. Okay. So at the same time, so here's where it gets into all the, um, this humanity of it, right? So, sure. So uh, during this time as well, right, th- there were secret photographs left at the doorstep of scholars of these texts. Like there was secret photos dropped off. There were scrolls that were anonymous- anonymously left at another scholar's doorstep. Um, one was left at Huntington Museum. So there's uh, someone else had found more, or someone within who had this information was like dropping it off, right? So, it, there's really? so much going on here. Is all I'm saying. There's so much, um, again, cause for conspiracy. Cause of for, course, this, this um, just spirals down. If I if I don't see a YouTube <laughs> channel right now with yeah. this full conspiracy it about like the is. Sons of Light still being around and dropping off scrolls so people can know. Oh my god. I I don't know what like a, the internet is for. Uh, what's that book? It sounds like uh, who writes? Uh, I've read them all. I can't remember his name. Read them all. Yes, um, they made movies. Da Vinci Code. Oh, the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, yeah, it reminds yeah. Me of those. Yeah. Um, Heck yeah. Uh, so, but Where in 1991, the these were officially released to the public. Okay. Um, which all means anyone can access the microfilm copies online. The you pictures can do it right you now. Mean? Yes, so of the te- like the uh, microfilm of the actual text. Okay. So if you want to look it up, we should probably link it. We probably should if we're going to find this treasure. Yeah, and so we can get a little band of people and we can That's figure right. this out. So uh, if you're listening to this podcast, we're recruiting. And we're dropping we're it on Facebook. We're looking for a team of elite. Yeah. Elite. Uh, <laughs> elite <laughs> Amateur archaeologists. <laughs> Just people who want to learn. You know, that's all yeah. we're looking for. I'm telling you, it's going to be found really randomly, just like that kid finding the scrolls in the first place. Yeah. Uh, if that story is true, like that big things are discovered like that all the time. Stumbled upon. All the time. Yeah. Literally just stumbled upon by anybody. Well, the world is huge, you know? Yeah. The the little crooks and crannies, caves and, and things yeah. we need to dig up. Who knows what's buried out there? Yeah. Who knows if the places are at, okay? This is what makes me excited about history. It I makes know. Me excited about that this is real news about like new findings. It gets me excited. Not many things do, but this does. It does. It's 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 very addicting. Yeah. To think because it's very easy to get 
lost in i get lost in it like i love uh the nicholas cage movie uh national treasure. national treasure <laughs> right like very addicting yeah to think because it's very easy to get lost in i get lost in it like i love uh the nicholas cage movie uh national treasure. national treasure <laughs> Right? Like, you're right. You think movie. And so anytime I I think of, like, those type of, like, treasure maps or stuff like that, I think of fake movies. But the fact that they're, this is real. The Copper Scroll real is people, real. Real people did this. And there are real mysteries out there waiting to be found. Yeah. Just in the middle of somewhere that no one's stumbled upon yet. Yeah. is is crazy. Yeah. I do want to get into, so there's another little, another little piece here. So, of course, since that time, since the uh, microfilm was released to everyone, the floodgates kind of opened even more. Sure. Of just people being able to... Offer information. Yeah, and their own expertise, you know, and mm. kind of uh, led to a lot of new things happening um, or knowledge being um, discovered. So, though there was little evidence, this is kind of a, uh, not really a side piece here, but though there was little evidence about the exodus of Egypt, right, mm-hmm. Um and other ancient stories around that time, a good deal of the Old Testament information is at least partially historical, right? Like actual historical, just like where the kingdom was, everything else that they were talking about. And it was best exemplified of the discovery of the, I'm going to say this wrong, Hittite Empire in the 1800s, long thought to be a biblical fantasy and arguably the first verifiable pre-monarch age from 1400 to 1000 B.C., so they literally like located uh, through their texts right. that this was real and confirmed. And this is the age of Abraham and Joseph. Um, so by around 1000 BC, the first unified Israel state was born wow. and ruled over by King David, you know, David and Goliath. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, that David. And then by his, Sol- uh, his son Solomon. Um, they've yet to find the first Jewish temple, though, during this time, though it was said to be magnificent and splendid, right? Um, and the kingdom of uh, Jude, Ju- say it for me, Judaism. I guess that that'll fit. Then enters division <laughs> and wars, and until um, in 586 BC, the holy city of Jerusalem was destroyed by the Neo-Babylonian Empire. Right. Right. So the first temple raised to the ground. Thus began the Babylonian exile period. Right of um, exp- kind of uh, of Jews. Right. And in 538 BC, a new power arose. Um, Persia, under Cyrus the Great, who was an extremely tolerable empire, allowed the Jews who were enslaved by the predecessors to return to their homeland. Right. Work began then on a second temple from 500 to 300 BC, and it's during this time that the Old Testament seems to be written down and standardized. Um, so okay. in 333 BC, another empire arose, the empire of Alexander the Great. Yes. And this brought to an end what is often called the biblical period known as the purest, most peaceful period for the Jews. Right. Um, and many Jews began to speak Greek, right? So this kind of goes back mm-hmm. to where the scrolls, um, how we kind of have um, explanation of why so many of the Dead Sea Scrolls are written in Greek. Um, sure. And this is kind of where cultures began to be meshed. Um, and so certain ideas permeated into Jude. Say it for me. Jude- Judaism. Yes. Judaism, for example, yes. the Bible was translated into Greek. So sex, like the sun of light, began to form, mm-hmm. right? Kind of as an opposition. Right. Um, as a stand against the new ways that started to form. I see. From the kind of meshing of uh, this culture. Right. Wow. Um, and so in the early 1950s, jumping ahead here, ex- excavations began on the settlement right next to them, which found Qumran. 
initially thought to be a Roman fort until a pot was found that was almost identical to those in the caves. Really? Yes. So this is like right off of the caves. Is this on the map? Mm Mm-hmm. We can post a map, and it will show you where the caves are and where this fort was, and we we should post it with this um, podcast. So what it it suggests that more scrolls are what that's hiding? uh, It suggests this is where the people worked. This is where they were. Oh, where uh, they were living. They were living. Um, And there was no real connection, though, until um, it was um, after many years of research to connect the two communities uh, and the communal living of the Sons of Light. Uh, In 1993, um, or sorry, in 1996, an Israel team looked again to link Qumran to the caves Mm -hmm. previously described. um, And finally, a link was found in the ancient pathway between the caves and the settlement. Okay, and they were able to do this through nails and loose sandals that were found uh, as definitive proof Dang. of the um, the connection between the little town Qumran and the caves where these um, scrolls were. So most likely, that's where these people lived. Yes, and where they worked, and kind of where their station was, and uh, of writing and how they wow. um, operated. And so, obviously, when uh, they they were so when Rome started to come back in nineteen not nineteen sorry in sixty six BC I believe to seventy BC mm-hmm. sorry AD I'm so sorry AD um, this is when they believe right they were being persecuted and they were like coming through and raising cities and like killing people and they hid away the scrolls and the caves yeah and um, yeah wow that's where they think it was left off and so that's why no not a lot of people. No one came back for him, you know, which right. we talked about at the top. But, um, yeah. That's crazy, man. Crazy. Think of all the stuff that is lost to history just because we don't know about them. Some kid stumbled upon these. Like, will we have ever found them? Yeah. I like, don't... I mean, you know how many things that we have not found? Yeah. Just by happenstance? That's pretty crazy. So, um, to kind of end this story of kind of where we're at currently to date. Okay. Um another big discovery was found in a 12th cave. Like we a found 12th? a new cave. Really? So, you know, when was, was 11, this? 2017. Wow. Recent, so recent. very no, recent. Like I said, it's still going. There's still so much we're trying to figure out um, and understand. So as we know of now, there are 12. Yes. Wow. Caves anyway that we found and excavated. Wow. Okay. Um, so I'm going to read this little excerpt just because I found this interesting. Yeah, I'm I glad thought. you pulled it up so I could see pictures too of the area. Yeah. Um, a cave that held the D- Dead Sea Scrolls before they were stolen. So in this 12th cave, we didn't find anything that wasn't already stolen. So we'd know um, looters, people came in and yes. um, uh, took everything there. But they, what they left behind was a scroll. What, the, what was still there was a piece of leather that was um, had nothing on it. Mm. But it was being prepared, they believed, for writing. Right. So um, it didn't have anything on it, but it still was in the same time period, and it was in this 12th cave. Gotcha. Um, so inside the caves found a blank scroll along with the remains of jars, cloth, and leather strap. The researchers said they believe these items were used to bind, wrap, and hold the scrolls. Um, we already talked about when they, the scrolls were found, which they talk about here. Um, the s- scrolls contain copies of the be- book of Hebrew Bible along with community rules, calendars, astronomical texts, among other writings. Um, yeah. So just crazy wow. that the it's still happening. There's still research happening. There's still new caves being found. There's still new opportunities to find. Right. And that kind of suggests that it was ongoing. Like at some point they just they were they were kept like it was gonna an ongoing thing for them to write these. Yeah. 
Like, again, I don't know if because it's been looted and people have tampered with it that it might not be completely accurate to assume. Right. Which but, is, uh, again, there's... Uh, there's context to everything. Yeah, in there. exactly. You have to keep it a little loose uh-huh. just because of that. Um, I do, There's another interesting note here I just thought was interesting. Maybe kind of the last little sure. fact. Um, the findings include in the jars which the scrolls and their coverings were hidden, a leather strap for binding the scroll, a cloth that wrapped the scrolls, and then tendons and pieces of skin connecting fragments and more. Hmm. Skin. Yeah. And tendons. Interesting, right? It's very interesting. Yeah. So I. who knows? Who knows? Who Honestly. knows what really... Yeah. Wow. But it was such an interesting subject for me just to kind of... Again, I, I am not... Um, I would not say I actually know everything about what's actually in here after doing all my research. There's so much I still want to learn and still yeah. want to read about. But I felt like at least confident enough to give an overview and be able to share it with you and hopefully someone who doesn't know. Yeah, absolutely. This um, just gives me like a base to start from. Exactly. Because I'm sure there is a mountain of... Details. Yeah. You know? Details. I'm kind of giving the gloss over as much as I can right. of the whole thing. And then inside it, you can... I'm sure there's already um, translations of like, actual nitty-gritty details if you wanted to read about what a certain scroll actually says about their teachings in the community, um, what their rules were, yeah. um, what the new temple... So there's a museum that has... Uh, so another interesting note, one of the scrolls was, I mean, extremely long. So you know this room we're in right, right now? I think one yes. of the scrolls goes from, I think it was like 80 feet or like, um, let me say, take it back, maybe 10 meters Okay. Long, like the scroll is ten meters wow. long, so like to thirty, feet, like it's wide. So in a museum, I can't remember which museum, it's displayed, and it's just this scroll. You can read it it's so well, thirty, feet, like it's wide. So in a museum, I can't remember which museum, it's displayed, and it's just this scroll. You can read it it's so well preserved. You can like it's if you knew the language, yeah, it's clear as day. Wow, you know, it's right there. You can read exactly what they wrote two thousand years ago in front of you on a piece of leather parchment. That's so wild, man. Yeah, I feel like that's all, I've said all this podcast, but it's so true. Yeah, it's just crazy to me to think that that stuff exists. Mm-hmm. That that's out there still. Yeah, God, that's wild. So what I would like to do, because yes. again, um, I just feel like it's worth uh, giving the information out there when we post this. Yeah, on our Facebook and in Twitter. Or Instagram, whatever you want to post it on. Okay. I would love to give photos of what this I'm talking like the area of the caves and, and the, the absolutely the we town. have to we have to also tweet the treasure map. Yes, Guys, we got to get more people on this. <laughs> and then a link to the microfilm where people okay. can actually look at. It. I think that'd be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, even if it's only two people who look at it, that's cool. I'm like yeah, man. But we got to share this. Yeah, that's the we point. got to. We got to. <laughs> so we got to. That's that, amazing. That is the Dead Sea Scrolls. That wow. is what. Um, I know currently, and maybe if I, maybe uh, down the line um, next season. Like revisit it? <laughs> revisit it with maybe a bit more information and fill, uh, maybe fill in some gaps that I um, did yeah. now. Maybe kind of give a better, broader um, overview of how the Sons of Light came to be. Right. From what we know. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. That would be great. Yeah. It'd be great. Now, Now you've just got me... Because I said that at the very beginning of the episode now, I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on it. Um, I feel like I have to do stuff on the uh, Library of Alexandria now. I feel like that has to be a podcast somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I feel do like we I said even, that, Again, this is just ignorance for me. Do we even know? There's a connection between Atlantis and 
Oh, well, if we're going to Atlantis, I'm all in. I mean, that's what I, that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to tell you. I feel like I do want to hit. That's um, a big one. That's a big one, but uh, it would need to do its justice. So I don't know if it'll be next one. Yeah, but like, there needs to be some full on. You know what a fun mini series would be? What? Well, I don't know mini series. It may be like uh, once every month or once every two months. What? Is we do a uh, a fact check and breakdown of every Indiana and Jones movie. And go through what Dude. they're searching for, like, like in the first movie, whatever the um, uh, the uh, which one are we talking Knights about? Knights Templar or uh, the when? They, oh, you're or, talking about the Ark of the Covenant, or are you talking about any of them? Oh, I think it would be fun to go through and fact check the uh, fact check, and then ex- um, explain more and give more context to the movie and yeah. the actual subject. I, I was I literally just watched. Um, someone review the movie separately obviously from like historical actors don't tell me it's torn apart no no they they absolutely think it's one of the most perfect movies ever made um they believe that uh I love it. is it the last crusade i believe that's the one with the the uh ark of the covenant yeah that's the one where he believes it is like one of the most perfect movies harrison ever made. ford is uh my idol Dude, yeah, like who didn't grow up and saw that like seriously might be like some of the best action movies yeah uh, Still one of the best action movies. Still, ever my made. favorite scene is when the guy swinging the swords. Yeah, and he that's that's in this one. Pulls out the the pistol. Yeah, <laughs> and the fact that the whole yeah. the whole thing was uh, he was tired of the stunt core. Like I think he was. They were all getting food poisoning. Uh. Is the official story is people around were eating the food around there and mm-hmm. getting sick, and Harrison Ford started to get really, really, really sick, and apparently there was a full on fight scene with this guy. Uh, who was across him like swinging a sword yeah. and i think uh i don't think it happened in one take which would have been way cooler yeah but like he where he just did it he brought it up but he he went up to spielberg and was like hey man he's like what if i, just I can't do this? this can i just pull out my gun and he was like dude that'd be the most indiana jones thing right there yeah and so they that's went great. ahead with it and that was the take that's great but uh that's a good story heck yeah all I right know. well that's, that's right we should do a, we should do a movie watching yeah podcast Movie, fa- yeah, where we we'll live, figure it out. We'll yeah, where we something. live, we can pause it, like research little parts of it. Yeah, obviously, it's a movie. There's yeah. a lot of fake. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of fake, but what Harrison they Ford tried wouldn't to allow make. it, man. He's they he's wouldn't allow. Go- it. He's golden child. He can't do anything wrong. I know, man. <laughs> yeah. All Anyways, right. It's well, amazing. Thank you guys for listening. Um, this has been another episode of Casual History. <laughs> That's is right. that appropriate? Is that that's official? Right. Yep, that's right. Um, <laughs> You're just going to prompt me every time? New deep. D- thank you for helping me out with that <laughs> word today. You're I have been, I don't know why I can't say it. That's right okay. Now. I As soon as this stops recording, I'm going to be able to speak it and be oh, fine. Yeah. Well, for no problem. Yeah. No problem at all. I'm thinking about it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that you could just point to me and like every t- single time I was so shocked that you were pointing to me for that word. Because <laughs> so, I was intently listening to you yeah. and tr- learning myself. And so every time you pointed me, it was like, oh, oh the word. <laughs> I just feel like I'm doing an injustice or I'm, uh, I'm being ignorant. No, like, you're I'm not, saying man. something wrong if I can't say it accurately. Right. I feel bad. I understand. Like I want to try to represent, like say it and be uh, as accurately correct with my speech and what I'm saying as much as possible. Right. <laughs> of course. So. Of course. Anyway, that's it for us, guys. Thank you for listening. New mini series episodes of History in Five Minutes or Five Minute History. Yeah. However you want to categorize it. <laughs> um, quick, short, digestible versions of stories history new discoveries every wednesday new deep dive episodes every sunday that's right cool stories Uh, like this yep 
and we'll see you next time. That's right.